time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It is Monday, April 19th, 2021. We're hearing so much from so many of you, and we're so honored that you would take time to write us and tell us how much you're enjoying the podcast. We really do appreciate it. We do this at the labor of love, and we thoroughly enjoy bringing you information each week. It's fun to connecting with people in this manner. So we've got a great lineup for today. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. This week is super special because I have a good friend and a client. I am just so excited sharing with you. See, I work as a consultant and I get to talk to top mortgage leaders all the time. And there's so many times I wish we could have recorded the conversation, just bring it right in or just go live with a podcast. Obviously, that wouldn't be appropriate because we are consulting on confidential matters and strategies and business plans. But today, we are doing that because Joe D. Dominicus, who is the Chief Financial Officer's Chief Technology Officer at Nations Reliable Lending, also known as NRL, is going to be joining us and sharing his thoughts. He recently gave a presentation that was really well received at the MBA, and we're going to have him on today sharing some of that and a lot more. So I'm really excited. To have a good friend, Jody Dominicus, joining us on the Hot Topic. So stay tuned all the way to the end. I want to say a special thank you to the Industry Syndicate for all that they're doing to help promote podcasts. Check out all the podcasts on industrysyndicate.com. Also, special thank you to the MBA, Mortgage Bankers Association of America, for their sponsorship of the podcast and providing information to us. Great partnership. You need to become a member of the MBA. Hear me say that all the time. Trisha Magliazzo would certainly agree with you. She runs the membership committee within the MBA and has some awesome people there working with her. And so get a hold of her or one of her representatives that work with her on getting to know what it means to be a part of and member of the MBA. Also, while you're there, sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance. Now, the good news is you do not have to be a member of the Mortgage Action Alliance to take advantage of what the Mortgage Action Alliance does. The Mortgage Action Alliance, again, allows you to have your voice heard on the Hill. When the MBA is working on initiatives, you can join in and have your voice heard. So it's a great tool, technology. Check it down there, the Mortgage Action Alliance app, also known as MAW, M-A-A app, and check it out. Also, Finastra, who's Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution, does a great job of tapping into many aspects of the mortgage lending process. They have a robust features such as a user-defined groups for processors, underwriters, and closers. I love this company, third largest fintech company in the world. Go back and listen to the interview with Dan Putney, as well as check out the uh, interview I did with him on the sponsorship page. Dan is a great guy, good friend. You might say he's outstanding in his field. He's like six foot seven. I stand next to next to him. And I feel like a midget. He's a huge guy in every sense of the word and a good friend. Also, Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative, both of these co-ops do a great job of connecting lenders and vendors. More importantly, connecting each other so that you can get pure analysis and pure data shared of companies of like size. Find out what's going on in your competitors. Again, you can do that at the MBA. It's done in a larger format. This is much more 
intimate in how they go about it. So check out those two organizations as well as the Community Mortgage Lenders Association of America. Thrilled to have a partnership with them and sponsorship as well as Indicom, which supports every stage of the mortgage process, the entire life cycle with automation, outsourcing, and compliance services. Excellent company with some wonderful services as well as Incelerate. Josh Friend, who we had as a guest in August, still heavily downloaded podcast. Josh does a great job of helping lenders close more loans by engaging better with the borrowers, prospects, and past customers. He has a science to it, and it's really, really good. Get a hold of me, and I'll introduce you to Josh if you would like. Also, Knowledge Coop, Ken Perry's company, great trading technology, as well as Mobility MMI, or Mortgage Market Intelligence. They do a great job of helping you recruit top LOs. Also, Modix does the same thing. We work with both of these companies. You have a technology that complements both Mobility's mortgage market intelligence. Modex has another aspect of it, another dimension. So we use both of them. Quite honestly, I recommend to my clients, consider using both. They do provide great data and there's nuances. One focuses a little bit more on the realtor. Another one focuses more a little more on the LO. So check out both Mobility Mortgage Market Intelligence as well as Modex.com. Appreciate all of our sponsors. Then also I want to say a special thank you to Alice, Alan, and Matt for their contributions to the podcast each and every week. Let's get over to Rob Van Raphorst with this week's MBA Mortgage Minute. Rob? Hi, I'm Rob Van Raphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Recently, MBA issued a Mortgage Action Alliance call to action in response to the implementation of the product caps placed on the GSEs through the Senior Preferred Stock Purchase Agreements. The call to action focused on the near-term problems caused by the immediate implementation of the 7% limit on GSE acquisitions of loans secured by second homes and investor properties. MBA will continue to advocate with senior leadership at FHFA, Treasury, and the GSEs to find a solution to the short-term implementation issues and will continue to urge reevaluation of the various product limits as well as the cash window limits that take effect in January 2022. Also, according to MBA's latest forbearance and call volume survey, the total number of loans now in forbearance has decreased from 4.66 to 4.50. MBA, MBA estimates 2.3 million homeowners are now in forbearance plans. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, good job, Rob. And if they go into foreclosure, boy, do we need that inventory. But I wouldn't wish anybody to go through foreclosures. Never had to go through that myself. But there's times when you're in the mortgage business where you wonder, how are we going to make it? Yeah, my heart goes out to everyone still in forbearance and how they're dealing with it. But man, for those that go through it, we could use that inventory on the market should that have to happen. As we're looking at an inventory shortage, I think the worst ever. We'll get to get that statistic from Matt Graham. But before we go over to Matt, let's get a Les Parker with this week's TM Spotlight and a macro view of the markets and find out what is the music parody of the week. What you got for us, Les? TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Give us love. Give us work. Give us COVID jabs. Let us go. Give us life. Keep us free from birth. Investors expect the Roaring Twenties. They see search activity for clubs and nightlife way up. They anticipate 75% of the U.S. population vaccinated by August. Vaccine passports make no sense within countries. 
They impede commerce and widen the gap among social economic classes. Set free those recovered from COVID-19, those with vaccines, and those under 55 with no underlying health conditions. Live and let live. Trying to jab and free you with heart and soul. These views are my own. Want more? Go to tmspotlight.com. Yeah, good job, Les Parker. I like that song. Brings back a little nostalgia. You need to get more music on this channel. That's one of the things on this podcast. I, there's different times where I look at all ways we can mix in music. But anyway, but then again, what we could do is Matt Graham and I, because Matt has a music background as well. That How are we going to make that happen? Let's, let's make it happen. Make... Let's talk more action. <laughs> That's so true. Oh, Matt, you, you make music with this great app. In fact, it's so fun. Just on the pre-show, we were talking to a second guest in the row in a week where we say, oh, yeah. MBS Live, not net. I use it all the time. I have it up on my phone or I have it on my screen. So Joe Dominicus uses it. So good to hear that you. Well, there is so music on MBS Live, Dave. And there is music on MBS Live. If, uh, if you set your uh, alert sounds, when you get a negative reprice alert, you'll get the womp womp trombone. So okay. definitely, okay. Uh, definitely yeah. musical instruments there. Not necessarily ones you want to hear, but they're there. Yeah. What you got for us? What's this market doing? It's got your attention. Oh, it's uh, a bit of good, a bit of bad, better than it was last week, but it uh, wasn't even that bad last week. And in general, we are clawing our way back from, you know, a little bit of a tense situation heading into the highest yields um, since before COVID. And uh, really, we were pushing sideways as of last or week before last. And then this most recent week uh, made a little bit of additional improvement. I'll tell you how it happened. So on Monday, there was a condensed treasury auction schedule. Sometimes they move the auctions around for different reasons. So we had a three-year and a 10-year auction, both on Monday. Normally, the auction cycle would start on Tuesday, and then the 10-year would be on Wednesday. Uh, So it's a lot of supply for the bond market to digest. That is typically something that causes a bit of weakness all other things being equal, the weakness typically happens ahead of the auction, and then the auctions can sort of um, allow right. traders to let their guard down and come back into the market. In uh, Monday's case, it was interesting because the 10-year auction was fairly weak, and yeah. weak auctions, especially 10-year auctions, have hmm. been bigger market movers than normal uh, for a while, and this one did not do any major damage to the bond market. And that was maybe our first hint that last week was going to be a little bit more bond friendly. The next day, core CPI, that's the inflation metric, along with PCE, probably the two most widely followed, came in at 1.6 versus 1.5 forecast, so higher than expected inflation, but bonds rallied. Not what you'd expect when inflation beats. But in many cases, I think... And we'll talk about this uh, for Thursday's data as well. I think that traders are maybe expecting even boomier numbers than the forecasts are indicating. And uh, I have looked at the breakdowns of a few forecasts and seen that the top 10 forecasters, for instance, have uh, stronger economic data predicted than the median. And the median is what, what gets reported on Bloomberg and Reuters. So definitely what you might call a whisper number being higher than the median in many cases. Uh, That was the case with CPI as well. 
And that is one possible explanation behind the paradoxical bond rally after that. So uh, Wednesday was sort of a placeholder day, no major data. Powell did give a little talk with the Economic Club of Washington, but there weren't any revelations, no market movement. So we move on to Thursday. Philly Huge. Fed, which is um, you know pretty good cross section of the domestic economy, came in at 50.2 versus a 42 forecast, big beat. Yeah. New York Fed manufacturing, 26.3 versus 20, pretty decent beat there. Mm -hmm. uh, but the big news of the 8.30 a.m. time slot was that retail sales report. And yeah. that was 9.8 versus 5.9 forecast and up from negative 2.7 last time. Now, Dave, this was one of the three biggest retail sales reports on record. Do you know mm. what all three of them have in common? No. It has oh. to do with stimulus checks. Uh -huh. and there, of course, of course. Each of time course. a stimulus check has come out, retail sales have crushed so, it in the following month. Interesting. So I think the savings of the money. Were exactly. Yeah, I, I talk to people, you know, family, friends that I'm not necessarily uh, proud of their spending decisions that tell me what they spend this money on. And it's really <laughs> no surprise to see retail sales up as much yeah. as they are. And yeah. I think a lot of traders were expecting it to be even stronger. And that is one really? possible explanation for a truly astonishing bond move on Wednesday morning, um, or I'm sorry, Thursday morning. After all this strong data, bonds rallied, which is absolutely not the normal reaction function. Right. And I think we have to be honest um, as analysts and market watchers, when we see things that don't make sense, we, we need to not rush to pretend that we know the answer as to why it's happening. And I saw a lot of that on Thursday and, uh, you know, I have to partake in it myself to some extent, but I'll be the first person to say, I don't think anybody really knew uh, why bonds were having as good of a Thursday morning as they were. The European bond market was rallying. It could be the whisper number thing that I talked about. And, um, you know, momentum on the week in general could play a role because we are defending that 1.75% ceiling. And now where are we going to go? You know, back in the other direction to some extent. I know a lot of analysts and traders are targeting the 1.5% range for 10-year yields. And uh, we almost got there by Friday. Yeah, and then the other thing to consider is I've seen, you know, interesting trade flows on tax days of the past. And I know this wasn't an actual tax day, but... Nonetheless, you can have money uh, flowing into retirement accounts or, you know, other avenues that it reaches, uh, you know, investment portfolios and gets put to work. And that explanation would, in fact, jive with Thursday morning's stock market movement as well, because both stocks and bonds improved at the same time. Uh, whatever the case may be, bonds continue to rally on Thursday and, uh, you know, dialed back a little bit. By the end of the day, leveled off on Friday and had almost attacked that 1.5% level. And uh, it was nice to see 1.585, which is the next higher technical level, pretty much, you know, successfully broken on the week. Now, in the current week, we are back above 1.585 as if to say, okay, last week was great, but let's slow down and remember that this is a sideways consolidation following a very... Uh, concerted effort to bring yields higher so far in 2021, and we haven't really rendered a verdict on which 
the which direction the next move will go in or how big it will be uh, continues to be the case that it is easier to make a case yeah. for higher yields versus lower. Uh, we need to see bad things in order for yields to move lower, uh, things that we don't necessarily want to see, but that is often the price of lower interest rates. Uh, in terms of data this week, really, you know, if last week's data wasn't going to be a logical driver of rate momentum, then neither is this week's because we really don't have much of it. No, uh, Monday and Tuesday, nothing on the calendar. And right. then Wednesday is just the with us as always MBA uh, applications, not a big market mover, but, you know, we love the data. And love then the data. Thursday, jobless claims, 617 uh, is the forecast versus 576 previously. And then existing home sales seen coming in right around where it did last time at 6.19 million, uh, million. Then Friday, new home sales seen surging again, 886K versus 775K. And the dark horse for the week would be the ECB, European Central Bank, announcement on Thursday morning, followed by their press conference at uh, 8.30 a.m. That announcement's at 7.45, by the way. ECB is interesting this time around because they have taken a little bit of a different tack than the Fed when it comes to rising rates in 2021. And, you know, rates in the European Union didn't rise nearly as fast as they did in the U.S. Nonetheless, the ECB was fairly quick to step in and say, okay, we're going to increase our bond buying uh, in order to offset the negative economic impacts of rising rates. And they made that official. And now some market watchers think they might say, okay, we're going to be dialing that down now because vaccine rollout is improving and uh, we think our numbers are going to improve and our rates have held relatively more steady. It looks like the rising rates in the U.S. have leveled off so we can dial back the bond buying. Mm. If they do that, then it's going to push rates back up again. And, you know, they might find themselves in the same position. Either way, market participants are looking for them to say something about their bond buying plans, and uh, that could set the tone for the last two days this week. The end of the week is when we can anticipate some potential volatility then. so Potential anyway. Potential. I guess there's always potential. Who knows? Very good. Matt yeah. Grant, CEO of MBSLive.net, brings us the market date. Always good to have his perspective on it, and I encourage you to get signed up. You could do it through a trial period. And if you put in the code, a sign-up code, you put LOL for Liquid Analytic, then you can get the extended trial without a credit card. So sign up, folks. Use it. Dale, when you, we start interviewing guest after guest after guest, and they all say, oh, yeah, I love that. I use it all the time. And so it's really good. Appreciate it. Great endorsement. Nice to have that many hot topic yep. guests in the world. Love your system. All right, friend. Appreciate you so much. And forward to chatting with you a little bit later in the podcast with what we're interviewing Joe. Appreciate you, Dave. Have a great one. You bet. Thank you, sir. Get over to Alice Alvey, who is CMB Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage, also known as Bill Cosgrove Mortgage, as I always say. Anyway, she's got this week's legislative update. How you doing? I call her sister I'm Alice. doing well, thanks. How are you? you? Good, good. She's my sister from another mister. She's just a dear, dear friend. Anyway, How's it going up there? How are you enjoying this? We're go, we're doing great up here in Cleveland. We the sun is shining, so we're we are happy. That's a good thing. <laughs> spring yeah, but what's going on with legislative stuff? Ain't eh? springing, sprunging going on here? Well, it's actually a little quieter of a news day, but I have a few things I want to first of all make sure yeah. everyone heard. I'm going to tell you for the third time: sign up third. for the Mortgage Action Alliance. 
It yes. is so easy. Just go in your browser, type in Mortgage Action Alliance. It will be your first, and you all you need to do is select it, and it says Join Ma right there. And the main reason now is much more uh, important than many times in the past. This is ranking up there for me, like right up there with TRID, uh, because this issue with the cap that the agencies have put on uh, the investment properties and second homes has just caused so many problems in the market. There really needed to be a proper ramp up for this. And so that's what Rob Van Rappport was talking about earlier in his segment, that those they did a push. They made it super easy on my phone. All I had to do was click, and it automatically sent the right letter and notification uh, to my congressmen and women. So just I'd like to push everybody to get that on their app, do that push. We have to get Congress to pay attention to this uh, issue right now. So that's my two cents on that piece. Next is um, something else that came up in the MBA uh, notification, their newsletter that came out was just a heads up that there was a House Financial Services Committee meeting last week that talked about the end of the LIBOR. And for most of us on the front end, we think, oh, what's the big deal? We're just switching. We're just going to use the SOFR index. It's a name on the note, right? I just have to make sure I've got that name programmed properly in my system and off I go. The real issue to think about, folks, is there are trillions of dollars of outstanding contracts and securities and loans that use that word LIBOR on the document and there isn't a consistent way through contractual language that addresses, okay, what if LIBOR goes away? What should it be? What should we be using? Because if you think about a borrower mm-hmm. and their their note says it uses the LIBOR index, and then there is no more LIBOR index, how does that arm adjust? And do they just stay at the last indicated LIBOR index that was published, and that's it? They essentially get a fixed rate loan from now on because the LIBOR never got published yeah. again. So there really is a big need for a fallback provision. We we have some time, but these kind of things take a long time to unwind. Uh, so we it officially completely sunsets in June of 2023, uh, which actually feels around the corner by regulatory standards. So just so you know, as, as everyone thinks about LIBOR, it's, it is definitely a servicing issue at this point, but it's still a very big one to pay attention to. Uh, a couple other things you're going to hear some talk about housing being included in the American Jobs Plan, the $2 trillion infrastructure proposal. We still have no idea what that is actually going to look like, but in looking at a couple Senate bills that have been teed up, it looks like a lot of it might be a public housing investment, but we'll watch for it to see if there's going to be any residential housing uh, mixed in that. And then there is House Bill 1532 that uh, was published not too long ago, Improving FHA Support for Small Dollar Mortgage Acts of 2021. I thought this was interesting. It really is just a call for a study, but I love the idea of going in and studying the FHA portfolio and see what could be done to bring down the barriers for smaller loan amounts. Uh, Those are great loans, too. I know our loan officers like the bigger loan amounts, uh, but those are great performing loans. They can be very valuable in a portfolio for the long haul. So I love that this is on the table that they might take a look at it. We'll see. I'm going to watch that piece of legislation. And then another HR 2276. As always typical, we need to get that piece of legislation on the table that will go nowhere to make PMI deductions permanent. <laughs> so <laughs> I watched this one come up every two years. It's a thing. Yep. Uh, it'll hit the table, and it hit the table again. So <laughs> we'll keep, we'll watch it, and 
My guess is it won't happen, <laughs> but who knows? Anything can happen in the new administration. But that's my report for today, Dave. Back to you. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. Yeah, it, it's making me chuckle. There's so many things that are going on in D.C. that you just scratch your head at right now. So, um, yeah, this the second home and and rental property, I mean, it's, it, there's just so, so much. And the MBA is such an important part of what we have as far as having our voice heard. You still don't think about it, listeners. There's how many realtors out there? I mean, it's like 10 to 1 mortgage bankers. So the lobby that you have, other industries have that overshadow ours. We really need all of y'all signing. That's Texas talk for you. All y'all. We need, I'm from Minnesota. Yeah, sure. And I could say y'all, y'all as well as anybody. But anyway, we all need all y'all to come in and sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance app and uh, get your voice heard to support our industry and what the NBA is doing. Alice. Thank you so much for echoing that and bringing that point home for us. That's really, really good. Appreciate you. All right. We've got Alan Pollack here with this week's segment. And uh, Alan, I always love finding out what you've got going for for us or have for us when it comes to the technology update. Good to have you, your friend. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on the program. Always. So having you. You're you're a regular, dude. I'm here. You're here. Alice is here. Matt's here. So you're a regular. We, We are here. So uh, a couple of funny things. I mean, first, I just want to start before I get into anything really funny. Uh, you and Matt are going to be making music. Just want to let you know that I don't own a triangle, <laughs> but I can surely play a triangle. Um, I don't think it'd be that hard. So if you, if you need a triangle guy, you know, you know who to call. You can uh, reach me at Alan at TMSAdvisors.com. Yeah. <laughs> so, David, food tech, right? Let's yeah. get everybody hungry. It's lunchtime throughout the country. I know a lot of people are going plant-based, vegan, pescatarian. It's good for your body, good for your health. Well, there's a company right now. Uh, the, the company is JOI, and they now make nut paste concentrates that you can blend at home. They just came out with one that's 100% only oats, and it's a powder, and you can make a gallon of oat milk. So mm. more smoothie places and acai bowls and all these different things are popping up everywhere and um, plant-based is getting to be a big thing. So uh, check it out, food tech. Hopefully that got you a little hungry. Uh, David, let's talk about opportunity. So there is a fund, $100 million fund. Doesn't sound like a whole lot of money, but depending on what size the companies are, it could be quite a bit of money. Uh, Zoom has put this together, and they're calling this the Zoom App Investment Fund. So if you have an idea and you think it relates to real estate, mortgage, fintech in some type of way, and you think your, your app and you listen to this program is important for Zoom or to use on Zoom and leverage that platform, and you want to go check it out, just Google it. It uh, just came out in the news. It's called the $100 million Zoom Fund, and it's for app investments. You asked me a couple of weeks ago, David, on the whole investment front, right, coming off the heels of what I just said on the Zoom Fund. So I saw this today. This is kind of interesting. FinTech M&A outlook stays strong. And the article basically talks about, um, it's a white paper published by Berkeley Noise, and it basically says the ability to offer a universal product to lenders and servicers as well as to the secondary market is a trend that is gaining momentum. And it also says that large vendors looking to create end-to-end mortgage solutions, some of the most valuable targets are mortgage fintech platforms. 
So that's the answer to your question a few weeks back. Yeah. If you remember, you had asked me that. I do. And I think we all know of all the news and lots of the cool stuff going on. So we will continue to see consolidation or acquisitions. Maybe consolidation is the wrong word. Uh, mortgage technology platforms and folks like ICE, for example, and others that continue to make acquisitions and expand what they're doing. Yep. Uh, I also noticed, David, that uh, we all love the Stratmore survey. It is a key indicator in our industry. Well, you now can sign up and become part of the 2021 Mortgage Technology Survey that Stratmore puts out. Uh, you can find a link to that on the Crisman Report, or you can actually just Google it, but uh, Stratmore Survey is now out. And I also want to mention, David, really important, I have had a number of people ask me, and some people have responded on this radio program in the past, but we have um, a lot of folks that have reached out to me with ability, with um, opportunities in mortgage, whether they're in mortgage technology, specifically for programming, in product management, in delivery, as well as even some on the, on the executive side. If you are looking or you know someone that is looking, reach out to David and I. Uh, you know my email address. I'll say it again, alan at tms-advisors.com. But there's a lot of great opportunities that are available right now. Yeah. Uh, David, sure. get this one. This one's great. Right. We talk about Amazon, right? They, are, they just subscribed or they just said, hey, they're going to buy nine rocket launches for satellites. They're going to be mm -hmm. launching, get this, 1,600 rockets. A total, well, they're going to be launching 1,600 satellites. I don't know how many rockets it takes to launch that many satellites. By 2026, for a total of 3,200 satellites. And they're looking yeah. to boost the cloud computing platform and help Internet in rural parts of the world. Yeah. So it was quite I mean, interesting. Elon just, Musk just as a comparison. Having, yeah, having high-speed Internet yeah. everywhere is nothing less than astounding. It was really interesting. That's right. And SpaceX, by the way, speaking of Elon, they're going to launch 12,000. Oh, 12,000. He's doing 12,000. Oh, wow. wow. Amazon, right. Amazon's going to be 3,200, and uh, Elon is going to be 12,000. Yep. Yep. There you it's go. It's going to be hard to fly in our spaceships. There's going to be so many satellites floating around. <laughs> yeah. A lot All of right. Equipment. Let's talk about some, yeah, some really, really interesting stuff. Uh, remember last week we talked about the AWS or the Microsoft Cloud, Azure or Azure, uh, both are correct. Well, we did mention briefly that we wanted to talk about uh, product, what's called feedback to feature, seven essential design principles of something we've been chatting about. Well, basically, how do you listen to your users? If you're a lender, you want to listen to your users to make sure that you understand what they need and you can talk to your vendors. And if you're a vendor, you want to make sure that you're listening to your customer. Four very simple points, David, and they're quite quick. Uh, one is you need to stop talking to all your users. Look at the silos that you're looking to improve upon or break it into silos. If you talk to everybody, you're going to get jumbled, mumboed feedback, and it'll become a Les Parker parody. Uh, <laughs> two is feedback should be ongoing, meaning that you can't wait mm -hmm. till the end. You need to have ask more questions. You do it over time, and you need to fine-tune your questions so you continue to obtain feedback. You need to be understanding that there is free feedback, feedback you don't pay for, and then there's paid feedback. And it really is important because you get different feedback depending on what kind is coming, and you want to consider that. And then, of course, don't fall for the minority. That's the very last one I want to mention today. Don't assume all requests equal the right features. So super, super important. I think on the tail of this, David, we can chat more next week, but I also want to remind everyone of the Moscow method that we've talked about in the past on how to prioritize your technology and product work. Uh, with that, uh, looking forward to our hot topic 
And remember, if you have any feedback that you'd like to hear on the program or if you know anyone that's looking for a job, uh, feel free to reach out to me. It's Alan, A-L-L-E-N, at TMS-advisors.com. Very good. Appreciate it, Alan. Great job. Great report. Um, there's, I mean, I'm looking at, at you know 12,000 satellites up there, which is really driving a high-speed Internet experience. I mean, continues to go on a wireless basis from space. I mean, what does that mean for our industry? What does that mean for how you're going to be able to access data from and, and the volume and the rate at which you access it? From anywhere. Of course. That's just extraordinary. We already have that. Think about, yeah, David, think about complete Internet availability, but think about beyond just us. Think about the Internet of Things devices and the smart homes and what the data collected from all the different devices that could eventually universally be connected to the Internet. Everything from how many times does the bicycle tire spin around the neighborhood to know how often people ride around a neighborhood and is it a good riding or bike neighborhood compared to you know, being able to conserve energy and do different things with, with the smart devices in your home. So there, there's a whole world of connected, or let's say a connected world ahead of us. Yeah, and and the consequences of that, you know, is it a well, being well thought through. So, uh, yeah, interesting. I want to get an update on 5G sometime. Hearing more and more about the 5G debacle, or not, not debacle, the, uh, what they say is about going on about 5G. So had a couple of requests on that. Got some questions that came in. We'll save those for next week. I'll email those to you, and so we can make sure we cover those so we get over to our guest today. But thanks, Alan. Appreciate Sounds it so great. much for being here with it. Really, really, really good. Likewise. That ends our weekly mortgage update that we listen to. For those of you listening live, you're just going to stay right here. We're going to go right on into the hot topic. For those of you listening on a downloaded basis, we're going to move. You're going to need to move on to the next hot topic segment. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, CMLA, Indicom, Incelerate, Mobility MMI, as well as Modex, the MBA, Knowledge Coop, Lenders One, and the Mortgage Collaborative. Folks, thanks so much for being here. Share this podcast with others, and we appreciate you being a part of our faith audience. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.